What's going on, guys? And welcome back or welcome to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawarder, brought to you as always by our wonderful hosts at VolleyballMag.com. We have the first AVP event of the season coming up tomorrow, unless you include Huntington as the first AVP event of the season, but it was an FIVB, it was an AVP, whatever it was, it was awesome. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Austin, Texas is the first exclusively AVP event of the season. So everybody's stoked about it. And to prime us for that event, we figured we might as well get in touch with the guy who lives in Austin, about 30 minutes away from the complex at Creek Fields, and that is Mr. Adam Johnson. And for those of you who don't know Adam Johnson or never got to see him play, there's awesome old school YouTube video footage of him. He's one of the all-time American greats in the sport of beach volleyball. He's played with some legends, including Karch Karai. He's played with Kent Steffes. He's played with Randy Stoklos. He's played with a former Sandcast guest, Jose Loyola. He's played with them all. He is one of the top 10 most winningest American players of all time. So listen in and enjoy our conversation with Adam Johnson, and we will be seeing you guys in Austin. And if you want to keep up with us, uh, go ahead and give our YouTube page a follow. We are Sandcast Podcast. If you have any tips, feedback, questions, whatever, we are happy to answer them at our email, sandcastpodcast at gmail.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our episode with Adam Johnson. So the this podcast will be coming out on Wednesday. So technically, the AVP Austin will be starting on Thursday, the qualifier, and then main draw will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How far are you from the actual site, Adam? Without traffic, probably 30 minutes. Okay, that's not bad. What's Is, is traffic in Austin like traffic in California? It's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I got here, when I was, I've been here for 12 years now, and when we first got here, it was, it was. I mean, you could go from one end of the town. You know, it, it's kind of interesting how people viewed things because in those day, back when I first started my program, and someone would be on the other side of town, you know, it's 30 miles away, and, yeah. I, and it, it would only take 30 minutes to get here. So for me, that's not a big deal. But now, you know, that same 30 minutes takes like an hour and 15 minutes. So the traffic is definitely getting getting bigger or, you know, more crowded, I should say. So it's 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 getting the infrastructure is just terrible compared to California. Yeah. Well, you've been you've been trained well in the ways of traffic. How long did you live? You, You grew up in Laguna, right? Correct. So you were raised in in Laguna and. You moved to Austin how long ago? 12 years, so in 06. 12 years? Okay. Um, so how is – take us through the, the beach volleyball scene in Texas. I mean, we all know that California is king when it comes to beach volleyball, but just from our podcast numbers, Texas is our number two demographic. So obviously there are a couple different – a couple pockets at least of beach volleyball down there. And I know you do some AVP first stuff, right? Uh, used to. Um, we're kind of in renegotiations, if you will. So, <laughs> okay. um, uh, need, needless to say, I mean, the beaches here in Austin are far superior to California by far. Uh, the sand is, is just this powder white sand. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's definitely nothing like you gotta get the, out there. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, uh, it, it's, it's definitely different. And, and what I mean by this is, because of the way that some of the ranking systems are going with, you know, USAV or, or whatever is out there, you know, I've got some people coming in saying, Hey, you know, my son or daughter's ranked number five in the country and I'm working with them and I'm kind of going, I don't know about that because I know for a fact, there's a lot better talent in California. So it, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a different type of, uh, of culture out here where it's, it's more about show rather than about doing, I guess. Um, you know, out in California, you've got a ton of kids that play and you know, it's, it's tough competition here. You don't have as many. So if you go somewhere, you're going to show and get points and get better that way, I guess, if that makes, if that makes sense. But I mean, there's a, t- there's a ton of kids playing out here. Uh, we just had our tryouts, 
uh, for our summer program and I just got 30 kids. So, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good size number for kids that actually want to play, not ones that are just, you know, oh, I just want to come out and have fun type. So it's definitely growing. There's a lot of kids getting uh, scholarships and, and stuff around here and going to school and play. So it's, it's definitely here. Yeah. And are there you, more and more, are there more and more, um, facilities popping up? I know it's kind of a growing thing. I, in terms yeah. Of not-, not, not as much as the indoor scene here for sure. But, uh, you know, we've had, uh, one program in town, uh, built four courts, uh, I want to say three years ago, um, another facility opened up. That's kind of not really a facility. It's kind of a, it's a two court deal, if you will. So it's kind of hard to really run tournaments, but it's more like a workout place. But other than that, no is the answer. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard I, there's, I've heard there's some like, uh, it's almost like a bar scene, uh, yes. beach volleyball, which I'm guessing is more towards the adults. And then the kids are going like to the, other facilities it's either that or they're going earlier during the day oh, okay <laughs> just, to get, yeah. just, to get, just to get iced teas um i that's mean that's cool. the way to make money at this sport here in here in texas i mean you've got you know I mean, when you're in town here aussies has been here since from when i was you know coming here and you know like 80 back in 88 89 um so they're still here they're <laughs> it's it's definitely changed around that area where they've got a couple of big uh, buildings that have just risen up from the ground. So it looks kind of silly where they're, uh, they're located now, but it still works. Um, and you're able to have your people that love volleyball. They come, you know, after work, want to, you know, get some exercise and all that. And you've got the bar scene and all that kind of stuff. So that really works. I think those types of facilities can also work for the juniors you just got to kind of, at least in my opinion, you kind of have to shuttle them through during the day. Right. That makes sense. And is that far from where the AVP is going to be? Uh, it's not too far. And I think they might even be having some of the qualifiers there. I know they did. I know they did last year. So they kind of have them spread out. I know that they've got quite a few teams um, in the qualifier. So I, I don't think they're just doing at Craig Field, but you might know better. Yeah, they're they're having they split it up into two facilities. So because Creek Fields, I, I think it only has four uh, kind of ancillary courts, and then it has one mm-hmm. stadium court. So the men's qualifier was capped at fifty teams, though they just they just expanded. So they're doing a pre qualifier, sort of like what they did for Huntington. So they have all the reserve teams. They're doing a uh-huh. pre qualifier on Wednesday. So I think the men's qualifier is now fifty four teams total. Um, and only five courts to do it. So then I think they split up. So the women's are going to uh, Woolies. Is that a place? Uh-huh. I think. Yes. Yeah. So I think the women's qualifier will be at Woolies. The men's will be at uh, Creek Fields. And then the whole main draw will be at Creek Fields. Wow. That's OK. Because uh, I don't know how many women's. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many women's uh, uh, teams there are, but that's that 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 facility that you're talking about where they're going to be at only has two courts so maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's enough i don't know it's, that's gonna be a long day then because i mean the women's field is, <laughs> is almost as big as as the guys um yeah so <laughs> good luck getting all at least well one of the coolest things about austin last year and i know you came to a couple of the matches but did, did you see any of the night matches last year um i did not see any of the night matches um I had to leave i you know indoor practice or something like that but uh uh i can imagine they'd be nice uh because you know it starts to finally cool down a little bit at night um and it's probably a pretty good atmosphere yeah the atmosphere was really really fun the at the end of the qualifier the last the matches to get in were all under the lights and it was really cool because some of the local texas guys were in it and so there was actually i mean it was almost like a main draw match in terms of atmosphere and it it was just fun you know because it was at the end of the day so everyone who had been knocked out you know they had found a way to to get their hands on some beer so everybody was just kind of you know hanging out and drinking and watching volleyball too it was just it was just a fun a really fun atmosphere and then the main draw matches that were under the lights i remember watching uh jeremy case beer and mayor play reed and madison mckibben and it was uh it was just really really fun because it was like the last match of the day so everyone's crowded around that one and it's under the lights i don't know it's just something that you can't get on a natural beach that's kind of one of the advantages i think of kind of a 
a, a facility over a natural beach is that you can get those under the lights matches. Yeah, I love yeah. matches. Yeah, they they are they're they're definitely something you get used to to get used to. But uh, uh, we had a few of those, and you know, even the indoor. Uh, events that we had like at Madison Square Garden and Boston Garden I mean those those weren't the easiest things to to figure out right away so uh, you know with all the lights and it was it's a little different but it is it's a great atmosphere yeah and now when's the last time that that you've touched a ball and uh, and played something competitive are you have you transitioned to to weekend warrior status uh no i i just beat up on the on the, on my girls <laughs> <laughs> and when i'm you know and when i'm when i can't beat them i'm i'm done officially so right. um i've uh, the one thing that i've got going i've uh i've never lost in in indoors i've never lost one on six and that oh. goes all the way up to my uh, 18s including this year now i will say that with a little asterisk because I am getting a little bit older <laughs> and, and I was up 22 to 10 when one of the girls shot the ball over on one and I turned to go get it and heard my hammy go a little bit. So, you know, I had to, had to call it quits and, and reschedule. <laughs> and yeah, well, that's what they said too. I go, you know, they go, okay, we're, you know, cause we made a bet. I always make bets and they go, okay, so when are we going? You know, because the bet was in and out burger, and uh, either I get you know ten in and out burgers, or they I take them all out, and uh, and they were wanting to know when when we were going, and I was like, hold on here, I'm up twenty two ten, and you're telling you're <laughs> yeah. telling me you're telling me one you're not going to give me another shot, and and they're like, well, can you play now? And I'm like, no, okay, you you you, you forfeit, you lose. Ruthless. So, uh, they, they are pretty ruthless. So, uh, but, uh, no, I don't, I don't go on the weekends. I, I had some interesting experience with some of the locals around here, you know, when I first got here that just wanted to just beat up on me and, uh-huh. you know, I go out and play with somebody, I don't know who they are and I and I'd end up beating them and they get all bent out of shape and, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just not the same, I guess. Maybe, maybe when I'm 60, I'll start going out there. I mean, nobody knows who I am now anyways, so by that time for sure no one knows who i am and i'll be older so definitely be able to get away with that gotta keep those competitive juices flying well you know i'm doing that with the uh you know with all my beach stuff and my indoors because i i still feel like i'm the same person i was when i stopped playing and uh you know like i said you know with that hamstring i've never had a hamstring but oof that that's not a bad that's That's not a good injury to yeah, it was, uh, and I don't think it was that bad, even though it, it took me a couple of months to get over it fully. Um, I, I still don't think it was that bad because it didn't it didn't bruise up or anything like I've seen some some oh, yeah. do. So I think it was just a little bit of a tweaker, but you know, at my age, you know, you know, things don't heal as quickly. Well, I just uh, I just heard on ESPN today that they're uh, legalizing sports betting. So uh, that's, that's another way to take your take your bets to the next level beyond uh, uh, Burger King or whatever you're saying. Uh, I know. I, I guess so. That would be in and out. We finally got some. In and out. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Got it. Not too long ago. So <laughs> the bets oh, have to be goodness. in the South. The bets have to be Whataburger. That's one of the biggest things I missed about living in the South. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. Uh, Try. You probably don't know a guy named uh, Todd Castillo, but he when I was playing. He was uh, one of the roadie guys that would, you know, go around on all the uh, 18-wheelers and stuff. But uh, he's on Facebook, and, you know, he lives out in Hermosa Beach. You might have seen him or something. I don't know. But uh, um, he swears by um, Whataburger. (laughs) And, you know, of course, Whataburger is a Texas thing. And I'm like, dude, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But, (laughs) you know, it's not not in and out. And he's he's just – he's pretty funny about it. A California (laughs) person liking something from Texas. I don't don't get it. You're making me want to get to Texas even more. I'm like kind of on the fence, probably going to book my flight like the day before I leave to get out there just to be purely sandcast podcast guy. But okay. uh, after this, I think I'm pretty much sold. Well, if, uh, if you do make it out, you know, I, I know that, um, uh, uh, what's this guy? Lucas Yoder is yeah, playing yeah, yeah. a qualifier with, uh, Another Trojan. 
Yeah, um, he's playing with uh, Sinjin's son, Hagen. Right, that's right. And so I don't know if he's going to come out, but I'm going to you know reach out to him if he's if, he's, if Sinjin's coming out to watch his son. I don't know, but um, you know, there's <laughs> we are in Texas and the barbecue here yeah. is freaking awesome. Oh yeah, let's let's do that. Actually, so, I want to see those beach bars too. The what? I want to see those uh, those venues that I keep hearing about Texas style volleyball, beach volleyball. Oh yeah, well <laughs> Aussies. I mean, it's. I think there's some. I know that there's some. There's one in Houston that opened up that's pretty awesome. It's been there for a while. It has like seven or eight courts. There's one where uh, I think there's a program up in Dallas called Six Nine Two. They're just they just opened up a new facility up there, so it's there to be had. I think you you can make a lot of money. I know that there's a a gentleman um, who I found out uh, this guy named Terry Cooper, uh, who I he used to work for this place called Rodeo Chevrolet. I don't know if it's still here, but years ago um, I bought a, uh, a a suburban from him, and I was living out in California because they're just they're like five thousand dollars cheaper here. It's like the Texas taxi. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got out here and find out that there's this Cooper's barbecue that's like legendary in, in this uh, city called Lano, which is on the way to Texas Tech from from here where my son goes. So we, we go there all the time. And I just found out a few years when I moved here that he's he's part of that Cooper's family. You know, because they opened up another one down down the street here, about an hour away in New Braunfels, and he goes, "Hey, you want to come and check out our new new restaurant?" I'm like, "You mother, you know what? You've been holding <laughs> out on me all this time." And so he he lives up in Dallas, and I told him, I said, "If you build one of these Coopers up there, throw in six to eight courts in the back, and I guarantee you, it will be a it'll be a hit because they're below barbecue. You can buy your beers." And it's just right there. So who knows? We'll see. Now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. The AVP season is back. Hallelujah. Which means, guess what? We are back to playing with Wilson Volleyballs again. And the college girls plays with Wilson. And the CBVA plays with Wilson. The AVP plays with Wilson. There is a reason that all of the pros and those about to become pros play with Wilsons. All right? It is the best ball in the game. It is the one the pros use and the one that you should use as well. And the good news is, is that you can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND. All right, and I'll say that one more time. You get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND for 20% off of the best balls in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Listen, we're all athletes here for the most part, which means that we are all aching in some way or other or sore somewhere. All right, and a lot of times this is our knees, which is where Firefly Recovery comes into play, which is why I love them so much. So if you're one of those weird people who go to work every day, like I do, you can strap this onto your knee while you're sitting at your desk and it helps you recover by moving the blood around in the region. I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly how it works. You can go to fireflyrecovery.com. They have all sorts of testimonials and information out there. But what I just want to say is that it works. Like if you're traveling on a plane to an FIVB or a Norseca or to AVP Austin or to AVP New York or Seattle or wherever it may be, use Firefly Recovery on the plane. It'll help you recover while you're sitting there on your plane ride talking to people that you probably don't want to be talking to anyway. So use Firefly Recovery to be the best athlete that you can be. And now back to the show. Dude, what about Cali? Like you for being the beach volleyball mecca, you really can't get that kind of you can't play at night, first of all. And then you can't get that kind of I mean everyone loves the bar scene and beach volleyball here. The real estate is a lot more expensive, but right. Well, I think it's it's kind of it's it's weird because you know I don't know that a place like that would actually make it in California. It's kind of like yeah. barbecue. When, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I mean, when I left, there weren't too many barbecue places around that were any good. Yeah, you're right. And it, to me, if I'm going to go play beach volleyball, I want to go at the beach. I don't want to yeah, play yeah, in a yeah. sand pit. You know, <laughs> but that's me. And, you know, it seems like in California, I mean, you've got all these, you know, programs that are popping up everywhere. And uh, I don't know, just to get a court must be tough, you know, or you got to go through the rental process or or whatever, I guess. But, uh, you know, that just 
that's a, that's a, that's the thing right there. Now, if you have a place that's close and you're purely doing it for training, maybe it works. But I just can't see that you're going to get leagues and stuff like that to do that. But you never know. Right. Never know. Well, they still love their barbecue out in Hawaii, so maybe I'll do one there. <laughs> oh, brother! You know which one? The one I miss is Rainbows. Oh yeah, they're they're going strong. Just they just redid their their uh, facade of their spot. It's uh, oh man, they didn't need to go do that. They didn't yeah, need I, to do that. Well, I think it was getting dangerous. The sign would fall on tourists' <laughs> heads. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Mixed plate, extra oh, yeah. scoop rice, gravy all over chili on the rice yeah <laughs> and adam was the have did you ever play in a tournament in austin when you were a player oh yeah, oh, when, yeah. when was yeah, the last I've time been. that you had a that you played there because i know that oh five was when phil that and was nick won the first one and you were did you come out of the qualifier in that one probably i uh you know i stopped playing in 2000 um after that season and you know, I, I wasn't really excited with the, with the direction of the, the AVP and they changed the court size and all that kind of stuff. And I had an injury that so just kind of made it a little bit easier for me to just kind of take a back seat for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I healed up and in 2005 came back to play and, you know, it found it was a, definitely a, a different game. Uh, not one, you know, I mean, one that I could adapt to, but you know, it was, it was like, I was starting over again, you know, I had to play my first tournament with Ed Ratledge and because we lost and right away he dumped me, which, you know, the rat, <laughs> but that, but, but that's uh, you know, that was typical after, you know, two months of training and then one tournament, you know, it's kind of like, okay. But, uh, you know, I played with, um, uh, spacing on his name. Uh, I got Brian Corso. Yeah, Brian Corso. Uh, we played, you know, start playing with him, and um, we played out here in Austin. And I can't remember how we did. I think we might have got seventeenth, something like that. Yep. I mean, it's a good it was, memory. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. You know, it was interesting trying to come back because it would be fun to have a player that was at the level I was instead of bringing some of these new kids up. I mean, I was I was working with uh, Gabe Gardner for a while. And then all of a sudden he just pulled out, you know, I got to go to Europe or no, it was Japan, right. you know, right, right towards Manhattan or Mosa in the last three big tournaments. So I just kind of said, I'm done. I don't want to, you know, although, although I will admit when I first came back, I, you know, in the first tournament, I saw every single serve, which was <laughs> fine. But after that, I didn't see so many. So <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't take, and the, the thing I was coming off of a, uh, a knee surgery, which I had in you know, just a little meniscus cleanup, but man, I had that in December and then I came out and started playing and it didn't, you know, I, playing on that court wasn't as bad as I thought as, as bad a shape as I was. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. So it only got better from there. Yeah. And, but Austin's always, Austin's always a great stop always was and always will be. It's got a great atmosphere, and that's what when Phil and Nick won last year. I think last year was the first time the AVP came since back to Austin since '05, and yeah. they were both like, "I don't know why they left or they didn't come back." Because I mean, the stands were packed every single day. I mean, it was packed for the qualifier. So the, I mean, the atmosphere in Austin is great. I think that you know, as you mentioned, the the scene in Texas is growing, and it shows. I mean, just mm-hmm. with the, how much support comes out for Austin, but I feel like that's kind of with every stop on the AVP now, I like that Donald brings it back to the same spots every year mm-hmm. and maybe just slowly expanding because now like Chicago is sold out every year and New York is jam-packed. Seattle was jam-packed. Like all the places are crowded because they're starting to build little pockets of beach volleyball fans. I don't know. I, and Austin obviously works. <laughs> well, it's always been here, you know. I mean, we we played some uh, – how we called I can't remember what they called it. It was called like the shootout at something or other. It was, you know, try to throw a little, little Western kick in it. But, uh, like Jose and I played, uh, Karch and Kent in this one match. And it was really funny because, uh, we played over at this place. Carlos and Charlie's is right on the lake, which it's not there anymore. But after the tournament was over, the band that was playing there that night was a band called common sense. I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys, but, 
three of the three of my buddies that I went to high school with, two of them, which I graduated with, are in the band. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing here? And like, we're, we're playing. So that, that was pretty fun. I can't yeah. remember what year that was. It might, might have been 96, 97, something like that. And you mentioned right. that, you know, you, you came back in 2005 and that was after five years off. Was it a weird transition for you to make? Cause in 2000, you were the first team out of the Olympics, right? So you were, thank you. One of, sorry. Thanks, <laughs> sorry. Thanks for reminding hey, me. Well, hey, I, mean, I was the first team out, uh, in, in 2016. <laughs> so right there with you. Sorry. sorry well, guys. the way that it worked though, the way that it worked had Karch and I, even got into the main draw, which we always did, you know, it wasn't, and you know, we probably were going to take, you know, anywhere from, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to win, but I'd say from fifth to 13th, we get into the tournament and finish 13th. We go to the Olympics just to get into the tournament. And of course, you know, that he dislocated his shoulder before we can get it out of the qualifier. So the, the, the game that we were playing to get into the qualifier. So we had to cancel that game. So that was it. Oh, that's a brutal way. Who ended up going uh, that year? Uh, Blanton and uh, Fenoy. Oh, wow. That worked out yeah. for that. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that went down during that whole time that I'd rather not get into. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some things came around for some people and kicked them in the tail for doing it and all that. So, right. you know, it is, it is what it is. But, uh, um, yeah, that was, that, was the last, that was my last hurrah, if you will. Mm-hmm. what i was what i was curious about is that after five years off how long did it take you to bring it back because i mean you had played at such a high level on the beach for so long like was it like riding a bike or did it, did it take a little bit to to get the rust off well i think it, 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 i wouldn't i would honestly say and that's i'm not saying this from an ego standpoint playing was very easy it's like riding a bike but it's just the game situation it's the pressure it's it's all the above when you're actually playing, which took a little time to get used to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what would be your uh, advice for someone who maybe had to sit out for a year and a half or two years after playing? <laughs> <at this level? laughs> I, I, you know, I think the one, the one way that you could probably help yourself is, and you're doing a good job of it is, is being right there watching, you know, mm-hmm. watching in a close range. You're watching your, your people, you're, you're kind of, you're still part of it. You know, I was right. just so, I was just so removed from it. You know, I'm just coming into something brand new again. You know, I mean, it's a totally, totally different atmosphere from when I played. You got a bunch of big dudes now playing and, you know, it's, it's just, it was just a different atmosphere from that standpoint. Um, it wasn't the same, I don't want to say party atmosphere, you know, I mean, we, we, in the nineties, I mean, people are still talking about it, right? Man, bring it back to that. You know, we got the, (laughs) you got the, you you know, there's, there's drinking at the beach. There's, you know, there's just everything, you know, they had the beauty contest, which I thought was whatever, but a lot of people (laughs) liked it. Right. You know, so, uh, it, 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 it seemed like it's, it, it has been more sterile, I guess it was probably sterile for all most of the, you know, 2000, you know, through 2011. I think when Donald took over, I think he tried to bring that back, you know, which I think is a great thing. And and that's kind of shown right now. I think they're doing, they're doing a great job of, of uh, promoting the product. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like the, the generation he's selling to is a little different, right? So they need to find that kind of man. It's, you know, and it's really sad. You talk about generations because I'm in the, in the mix with all these juniors and it's a, it's a complete different world and not one that I particularly like. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of things that I still don't conform to. I don't, I don't teach my kids indoors to pass overhand on the serve. I just don't, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, I, I just, I just haven't because I, I, ha- I still believe it's going to go back to passing sometime. <laughs> I'm still, right. s- still waiting for it. But, uh, you know, the, the whole entitlement thing. And I mean, I just had we just had our last big tournament and I had one one parent, you know, kind of questioning, hey, how come my daughter didn't play all this kind of stuff? And, you know, we paid our money and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you're paying you're paying for the training if if you're not 
to the level of the of this you know the other kids that I got to put in there. What am I supposed to do? So, it, yeah, it, it definitely is a different different uh, world out there. Different uh, different kind of element of entitlement, I'd say. We had yeah, I have to hear that a lot. We had our yeah, your, and, it, and then someday it's got to change. It's you know some some people. I mean, I see some you know. There's been some great videos on Facebook with some big time you know college coaches saying, I, I you know what happens when I lose? I get fired. You know, right. <laughs> they don't hire me and give me another bonus. You know, it's the same thing with someone that doesn't play. You know, it's they don't hire you. You know, you don't get to start. You you either quit or you try and get better. Right. And we had your old partner Jose on the podcast a couple weeks ago and and he Oh Jose. Jose. <laughs> hey man. And he's made a similar transition. So he's now into coaching. He's coaching Summer Ross and Sarah Hughes, so a little bit different yeah. uh generation that he's working with. But with him, one of the things that he mentioned was that to to become a fully dedicated coach is that you have to to kill the player inside of you and just coach was that something that you had to go through as well and was that tough because jose had a a difficult time with that he said it's hard Uh, you know it's funny because the kids you know uh, in some of these you know bigger tournaments i mean i'm freaking exhausted more exhausted than i was when i was playing and i and i tell these kids i go i'm I'm so exhausted i'm so tired they're like you didn't even play what do you do you know (laughs) i'm like yeah this is in my mental my brain i mean I even look at that and, and look at the golfers, you know, the professional golfers, man. I mean, whew, those guys, I got to give them credit for that because that's tough. You know, it's not easy. So, um, I, I don't know that I gave up being a player. Um, I'm always still trying to get a ball up on my girls. I can't get it up. I'll kind of use my foot and kick it up or get it back in play. If it's over the bench when they can't get it, you know, maybe they don't see it or something, but <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's, you know, I don't know. I love coaching. You know, if the kids want to be there and learn, I mean, I feel I have a lot to offer. Um, If they want to, if they want to ask questions and learn, I think they're going to get better. You know, if there's a lot of kids nowadays that are like, I mean, I don't expect people to know who I am. I was very much like that while I was playing even. And, you know, the first thing I do when I ask people, you know, that I've just met, I go, do you know who Karch Karai is? (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of times they say no and I say you have then you have no clue who I am <laughs> right so uh, I'm not I'm not one of those guys it's like you don't know who I am I don't want to talk to you you know <laughs> kind of, you know it's like some other individuals on the tour that I know <laughs> but uh you know it's uh it, it's it's just a different dynamic and um you know I enjoy coaching I see a lot of people out there other uh, you know ex players or a lot of a lot of fans that come up to me and I think it's funny when you know because because my kids look at me as as coach Adam right or coach Johnson they don't really a lot of them don't even I, there was there was one girl who was in my program for a couple of years they just like I didn't even know you played indoor volleyball <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I'm, I'm still okay with that. I'm kind of like, well, geez, you should kind of know what's about your, what, what your program's about and what your coach has been about. But apparently you're not, you know, one of those kind of kids that's into it. So, you know, it just depends on who you're catching and all the above. Well, do you think you that know? you're, that you're more known? Well, we just talked about how like the younger generation is kind of a little bit ignorant too. just like the fact that they don't know Karch Karai, that kind of sort of stunning to me. But do you think that you're more known for your beach career or your indoor? Cause I know that in 90, oh, be- like in beach, 91 beach and 92, by far, beach yeah. by far. I mean, yeah, there's kids in town right now. Uh, you know, we're going to have tryouts coming up in July for indoors and I'm trying to do my recruiting and I'm having some of my kids do the recruiting and they're saying, Hey, you got to come over here. And girls are like, well, why would we come over? That guy's he's just a beach guy, <laughs> you know? And, and you know, it's, it's always about getting your, you know, it's about marketing and about getting yourself out there. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that I played on the national team and was in the lost in the finals of the final freaking four, three years in a row, you know, <laughs> call me the secondhand man in college you know and and uh you know and then i was on the national team and actually 
I actually left the national team. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you just got cut or something. Like, no, I, I left and they banned me from the national team after that. So, you know, they don't know that kind of stuff because I'm not, I'm not out there talking about it, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that when I'm, when I am talking to the parents, I got to let them know, Hey, this is what I did. And sometimes what I'm noticing around here, it's a little different than California. But if I tell somebody, you know, I played in college, I was a, you know, three time first team, all American. I was an NCAA player of the year. You know, we went to the final four, three years in a row lost. Was on the national team, they're like, "Well, you're pretty arrogant." I'm, <laughs> like, I'm just telling you what I did. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to get you over here so that you might think that I can teach your your kid something, that I've got the experience and knowledge behind it. You know, because for me, I'm that way too. I mean, when I when I was taking up golf and I was pretty serious about it, I tried to find the best coach I could, someone that played on the tour, you know, and had that kind of experience. That's just me. You know, I'm not going to go to some guy that never played and took all the classes and can teach. I'm not saying they're, they can't teach. Uh, that's just me personally. I'd rather go with someone who's had the experience that can tell me all the little intricacies of the of the game. So right. I think it was Lee Trevino said that because he he never had a coach or at least he didn't for a long time, and someone asked him about it, he said, well, I'll get a coach the day that one of these coaches can beat me <laughs> or yeah. something along those lines. Uh-huh. And so I think you, you kind of went the Trevino route <laughs> there. Well, it's, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting because you see all these guys getting these coaches out there today, and, and I was a prime example. When I was playing with Jose, we hooked up with, uh, well, we didn't hook up. It was kind of thrown at us, Jim Mingus. Now, he's a nice guy, don't get me wrong, but – he really didn't do anything to make my game better. I didn't really learn anything from him. He was an arm out there putting me through drills, you know, and try, I don't know if, if you feel the same way about a lot of these people, but like, you know, there's, there's coaches out there that, that coached, you know, Misty May and Kerry Walsh when they were playing and doing well and they're gold medal coaches, right? you know, and, and I look at them, I go, yeah, but you weren't that good. You know, right? No, totally. You know, and so it's it's interesting because everybody has this this vision that because you're coaching these really good kids that you must be really good. You know, or right. I, I I mean, I'm sure they help. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure they help. But my experience, like I said, with with Jim, you know, he didn't really enlighten me with anything. He didn't. He wasn't. You know, giving me statistics and all this kind of stuff. And of course, when Jose dumped me. He went straight with him. Didn't even bother <laughs> saying, saying goodbye. <laughs> you know, right. so, you know, it, it's, it's just interesting. That's all. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. And I think a lot of the times it's like, you'll, you'll find players who are just like, I know what I need to do and mm-hmm. I need a coach to help fill the gaps and make right. it easier right. for me to be as good as I can be. And mm-hmm. you see that a ton on the beach rather than indoor but now we actually have a few indoor coaches like uh, Tyler Hildebrand and mm-hmm. Rich Rich Lamborn and um, these guys coming out and trying to kind of fill that role. And then, you know, over time, like they coached, uh, Hildebrand coached uh, Casey and Jake in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. he's learning more and more about it. But for sure, when, when all these guys first come out, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, how much do I listen if you haven't actually been out there and felt it and played? Right. Right. But yeah, I, and, know, I would agree, and I would agree with a hundred percent with you. And, you know, on the flip side, like I said, I'd be looking for somebody who's been there, done that, who knows all the little intricacies right. because they played. But and at the same be, time, you look at like Michael Jordan ain't the best basketball coach either. So there's like, no, 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 no. What, I, what I agree with you a hundred percent. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, just because you were a great player doesn't mean that you're going to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. And I get that all the time. And I say the exact same thing to these parents. I said, just because I was a really good player doesn't mean I'm a good coach. The only thing I can show is the kids that I've sent to college. Right. Totally. So I guess that's, that's the only thing I can, you know, me personally can say but yeah no I, I get it and there's and there's very few and i'm spacing on his name but he's an nba coach right now for god he was in the college ranks and just rose real fast and then the pros picked him up brad stevens yeah and for the you celtics know. yeah right exactly um you know i don't know his i don't know that he played i don't know that he i don't know if he did 
but boy, he sure is a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he knows how to, he knows how to manage things. And like I said, I'm not saying that everybody, you know, that never played the sport is, can't be a good coach. There's very few of them. If you look at all the coaches and, you know, all the different sports, you know, I'd, I'd say a majority, I'd, at least 75% of them played. Right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's kind of what I've seen. Yeah. How sometimes long? I'm thinking about maybe I should go, you know, coaching while, while I'm sitting out. I'm like, well, I'm the only person if i was to coach i'd be the only person that has played in the last decade that's coaching and mm-hmm. actually been on the sands so like no i only know this game particularly right, right. but at the same well, time I'm like but well, how good of a was, coach am i i don't know how good of a coach i am because i haven't really put in time for that well and and that's just like anything else you know it was like all those good indoor players that came out and played in one or two tournaments and said no nah, i can't do this because they're just getting beat up you know, whereas when I first came out, totally. I got beat. I got beat up all day. I just kept yeah. going. <laughs> you know, same as uh, Johnny Hyden. He he would tell me like yeah. he had a bad first four years. He he didn't really do anything, right? Right. Right. Uh, did you overlap with him, by the way? Oh yeah, I played against him. Indoor? Uh, no. If if I did, I don't remember. I was eighty-seven. That was my last year. Oh but, uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> he's probably like ninety eight or two thousand. <laughs> no, yeah, he was ninety six. He played ninety six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Adam, when you, when you said that when you came out, you got beat up a lot. I don't know. That might be a little bit humble for you because your first full season was nineteen ninety one, right? You did like almost all of them ninety, and you won five tournaments in your first full season. Right. Well. Okay, so, you know, when I was on the national team in 88 and 89, I probably played in, like, I think five events each of those years, and that was basically showing up to the tournament, not even practicing beach, you know, because the national team just killed me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was too tired. So we just show up at the tournament and play. And, uh, you know, so I accumulated some points there. So in 90, when I left the national team, and then I went overseas to play for, for uh, four months, came back um you know and and did okay during that during that time and finished you know third with uh steve timmons in a couple of events one being the u.s championships at the end of the year um you know after that that was you know then i came back around and you know 91 like you said won a few tournaments now when you how was that transition from indoor to beach for you because i know at the time like when you came over to the beach that was when beach was really starting to become more profitable than if you were to go overseas and play indoor so what was that transition like for you when i first mean just coming straight off the indoor out to the beach right um it, it took a while i mean i had a lot of different partners that dumped me i got dumped a lot you know they call me sir dump a lot i guess but uh <laughs> um you know, it, it was interesting because I, I believed in myself, of course. And, you know, even back then it was all about what you do, what are you doing for me now? And, you know, these, these, these players that I was playing with wouldn't even, you know, you play with them one tournament, you play with them for, you know, three days before the tournament and, you know, you expect to do really well. And if you don't, then, okay, I'm going to go find somebody else. And I guess that's how it was down in those, down in the trenches, I guess. And, you know, I just had to fight my way out of there and, and find a steady partner. Kind of like, kind of like when I first played with Jose, you know, I, I felt, you know, that when we started playing, I you know, I, I told him, Hey, we need, I need a commitment from you for five tournaments because I can see and just feel his vibe that if we didn't do well, the first tournament, he'd go right back to his partner and I'd, I'd lose out on my partner, you know? And so he said, okay, we'll play in five tournaments. And in the fifth tournament, we won. And then we kind of kept continuing to play because we had some success. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think that for me personally, it's just, I can give you an example of a little 13-year-old kid that I'm working with right now. She, last weekend, played in a tournament. And I worked with her partner, her and her partner, for a couple of hours uh, on the Thursday before. And they're, they're a pretty good little team, right? But they didn't do too well in the tournament. And I talked to the kid afterwards and they said, and, you know, they said, oh, she didn't play that well. I got to find another partner. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 you know, she's pretty good ball control and all this. And, 
you know, but everybody, it's just, what are you doing for me now? And no one, no one has that attitude of, of really trying to work and nurture something anymore. It's just, it's, 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 it's a, it's a dying concept for me, dying breed of players. We might've seen that a little bit on the, on the tour this year. I think, I mean, there might must've been like a record amount of partner changes. I feel like there's like three of the same teams going into this year. Yeah. But there is a few people who kind of tried to upgrade after having a good season. They already had it good. They wanted a little better and now they're not doing a little worse. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, the, the only one that I can, you know, I can see, uh, cause you know, of course Sarah Hughes and Kelly Clays were, you know, Trojans and stuff. I've always been following right. them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year, I think it was in New York, you know, I watched them play and I, I don't, I can't remember if they finished ninth or fifth or something like that. But, you know, I can kind of see it in, in, uh, Sarah's eyes that, you know, I yeah. don't think this is going to last. And then they finished out, you know, and won, they won the last event of the season. And so I don't know what happened going into this season or whatever, or, you know, you, you're kind of in the scene and all that kind of stuff more than I am. But I mean, was I surprised? I wasn't surprised, but you know, again, sometimes, you know, you feel that you can do just a little bit better and, and I'm guilty of that. You know, I mean, I came out, you know, in 91 played with Ricky and then did really well. We, we started out the next season real slow. And, uh, I thought, you know what, we won the U S championships in 91 and, and I don't, I, I just don't think that we're clicking like we used to. And, you know, then you go trying to find some other, some, someone else to, to fill that void. And, you know, of course I got stuck with Hav and that was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was, a tri- that was a trip. <laughs> well, something a lot of people don't take into account is that you have to hang out with this person all the time. So you better get right. along with it too. Cause oh, sure. sometimes you're playing well, but you're like, but I just can't, I just like, we hang out too much with this person and, and it's taking a toll maybe or something, you know, not saying yeah, that's happening yeah. with ever, but that can certainly be a, a factor. I was, uh, I played with a <laughs> quick, funny story about Scott Akatabi. I mean, you probably heard some stories about him in the past, but uh, I was playing with him and you know, we're, we came in from dinner and uh, we we're just kind of kicking back watching TV and he busts out this bag of Rolos you know, like one of those ones that you buy for, you know, um, Halloween to hand oh, out. Yeah. He, he, I love pounds, he fucking pounded that whole bag, <laughs> you know, like right before we're going to bed. I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> but, Jesus. uh, yeah. I was like, okay. What are you doing there now? So, and that's, totally. he was, that's when he was really buffed. So I don't know if that had anything to do with anything, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, I, don't, I don't know the guy at all, but I've only heard uh, that he got real strong real fast back in the day. Yeah, it almost looked like you could take a needle to his calf and just it would explode. <laughs> oh. just, <laughs> wow. But uh, no, they, they were all good guys. You know, I played with Frohoff. That was fun playing with Frohoff, and right. Uh, you know, uh, of course Timmons and Pat Powers. That guy's the strangest duck out there too. You know and. Um, but he's good. And, you know, I mean, I won my first tournament with him. So, I mean, I was, and he was, that was the good thing. See, when I was playing with Pat, I was, I still felt that I wasn't, I didn't know where I was and I was not having fun playing with Pat at all, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I was somebody to go find another partner and dump on a, an Olympic gold medalist. So I kind of suffered honestly. And then right. when he dumped me, I picked up Ricky and we ended up winning three of the last five events, including, you know, the U.S. championships. And, of course, Marlon Sunderland are all going, that dumb guy, done powers is so dumb. You know, why <laughs> yeah. would he do that? And, you know, and I was just kind of going, you know, I'm not the I'm not the kind of guy to go suck on that path. You know, I just I was right. like, OK, I'm done. I'm moving on. And, you know, it's cool. It's a business, whatever. And then, I mean, you win all those tournaments with Ricky. And then in 92, you went with Kent, right? to start yeah well we started with kent i started with kent because uh, both of our our partners were in uh europe playing oh okay and so when, when they when we you know we won a few tournaments there and and then when uh, they came back we hooked up and uh you know ricky had a finger injury right off the bat which i don't, I don't think it hurt him all that much but just just enough and then 
we just weren't having the same kind of success that we had the previous year, you know, for the, the five tournaments that we played. And when, cause I know that in 96, when the Olympics were introduced in Atlanta, the years leading up to that were kind of crazy just with who's going to try to play on the FIVB and, and what the mm-hmm. qualifying system is going to be where did you stand in that one were you pushing for the u.s olympic trial which ended up happening or were you okay with well you know what, the in, in the big the way to go in the, in the big in the yeah in the big picture if we were to do it all over again and it, it's never going to happen this way but i think this is part of you know and and, and anybody's going to have these kind of arguments forever i just personally believe had we the americans never sent a team to the olympics to play i think the avp would still be as big as it was or could be, you know, now, now because of the international thing, because we used to say we were the best tour in the world, we had the best players, which we did uh, all the way through 2000. And of course, when it was opened up to the Olympics and we had to go over there and it's a different game. Now everybody in the world is catching up and has caught up and you know, that kind of thing. So that's just, that's just my feeling. But when we were doing it, I mean, the 96, you know, that's when I was playing with Jose and, you know, I was going to, I wanted to play with Randy and Randy's like, well, what are we just going to play in one tournament just to see? And I go, well, do you, you want to go try and find someone else and qualify? Go for it. You know, and we ended up, you know, trying to qualify and we won the winner's bracket. We had two opportunities to win one match to re- represent the U.S. without having to go overseas. We had our own qualifier. That was, that was in Atlanta. And 30 seconds before the first match against the, the two Mikes, Randy went up to hit a jump serve and one of the kids rolled a ball under Randy and he came down on his ankle and that was that was that you know he twisted his ankle now he played that game and I think he had a lot of adrenaline but it still affected him and they we lost there and then the next day that thing was like a an eggplant and played Karch and Kent and we just couldn't he couldn't move You've had some brutal timing for partner injuries. That was 96. <laughs> yeah, spra- sprained ankle 30 seconds before. Sprained ankle and a separated <laughs> shoulder. Separate yeah. Shoulder. So, you know, hey, that's, you know, and, and, and stuff happens for a reason. You know, I, you know, just wasn't meant to be. You know, I mean, I had an opportunity in, in, uh, in 88 to go on the uh, indoor national team. And personally, I think I, I got hosed. And there was probably eight other guys on the team that came up to me and said the same thing because, you know, the coach took somebody else over, over me. And, you know, that kind of, that was my rude awakening to politics, which really bothered me. Cause I didn't, you know, I guess I just had a, I didn't mature as quickly as a lot of other guys. And I was just, didn't know what politics were in sports. Cause I was always playing. I was always, I was never on the bench kind of thing. And, and then when I got cut, I was like, I think you read the wrong name. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, it was, it was, you know, it was just like that. So, you know, like I said, it, you know, the Olympics just were not meant to be for me, I guess. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, the, the FIVB, uh, I mean, obviously just with how sheer amount of events and, and prize money and, and talent is kind of the premier tour in the world right now. Where do you see the AVP? What direction do you think that the AVP is going? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, you can make, you can make, you know, um, you can compare, say, the PGA Tour to the the AVP. Now, Grand Golf is huge, and I'm not going to lie, but it's the PGA of it's the PGA Tour. Right. It's not the European Tour. Right, because those guys are you know, those right. guys are subpar over there. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but now you've you know where you had the AVP as the premier uh, league, if you will. Um, now that we have to go internationally and train and go to the Olympics, now the FIVB is that tour. They are the premier. They have the best players in the world playing. Right. So that's a. That's kind of a hard sell, I think, right now for the AVP, and I, I hope that they find some ways to get into the niche to get some money back into the to the system because you know it's only benefiting, from what I can tell, a few players on both the women and the and the and the, and the men's. Yeah. You know, the ones that are really 
have an opportunity to go to the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. And they're, and it's costing a lot more for the players who are playing because they got to travel internationally and all. So I don't know. It's going to be a tough one because if you're a sponsor, do you want to sponsor the volleyball tour of the world or, or the AVP? Right. And we could, I mean, it could be the, by far, you know, we could have all the best American talent, but now they have conflicting schedules and the world tour could care less about the AVP. So, Oh yeah. No, for now sure. our events are watered down and, you know, it's hard for players to really even keep track of who the top team is because you're going to have lower level teams building up more points while our top teams are gone. Well, so the that's the thing. That's, a, that's yeah, that's the thing. You're always going to have. It's just like, just like somebody that's trying to get a sponsor, right? If I'm trying to go to uh, Coppertone and mm-hmm. I'm saying I want a million dollars, I can guarantee you there's going to be, you know, if I'm ranked number five on the tour, there's going to be the number thirtieth or fourteenth or fifteenth ranked player that's going to say I'll do it for five grand. Right. Yeah. You know, and so they're. There, there's always going to be somebody. That's kind of how, you know, like Carl Hinkle and Sinjin kind of got in because they went to those, you know, tournaments and played in, in those events when we, we weren't able to and we, they got points and all that kind of stuff. Right. Totally. Do I, think they, des- do I think they deserved it? Not, a, not even close. I mean, yeah. they had one good game against Karch and Kent in the Olympics and anybody anybody could have that game and there was a lot of pressure on Karch and that was a, that was the first time that I could see Karch as a player really feel the pressure and it's hard for our fans to really understand that and what's going on yeah. i just see it from the outside but like i mean that's honestly like a little a bit of what we want to do here with the sandcast is like inform people a little bit about like what's the reality of, of beach volleyball right now and what's really going on because I personally think it's super hard to follow it's yeah, hard yeah. for me to follow like I mean the point system I have to be like on top of it to understand where I am in the world depending on what tour and what ranking I want to be on and how I'm going to make a good living based on my national team ranking versus AVP it's like yeah like, like I've played in four AVPs in four years or something like that, but I've been to five finals in a row. Like, right. I just like jump in here and there when I was playing because we'd be on the world tour. But I mean, where does that put me in, in the domestic uh, right. ranking? Like I've been in every final, but I, I, my points will show me in like 10th. So yeah. it's like, well, it's hard to understand. Well, and that's just like our, our Lone Star region that our indoor stuff that we're, we're involved with. I mean, We've beaten team. We've my team. You know, my team is not is not the greatest by any means. We've we've crushed some teams, and a couple of times, and they're eighty spots ahead of us in the rankings. And I say, how does that happen? Well, they're playing in tournaments that have tougher you know tougher teams in it and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of go, well, it doesn't matter. We still beat them handily a couple times. We're, we're better than them. You know, just because we haven't played those other teams, you know, I mean, what's going to happen with the the new uh, Kerry Walsh uh, tour? Right. Are are the are the pros going to be are the top players allowed to play in that? No, they're not. So yeah. they're going to get the people who don't want to sign the MVP contract, which is like the kind of I guess ankle, like what you're talking about. Like they're going to take the stuff that's on the side. Mm-hmm. They'll be the top two players on that tour include and then they're going to bring in some international teams just like random teams and then that's Mm -hmm. just going to be kind of a random tour there and i mean could be good i think i think they're going to drop some good money into it but it's another thing to kind of confuse fans oh yeah oh yeah and that's the sad thing with volleyball that i've seen all all my years too is everybody wants a piece of the action right and it's like why can't we all just work together but 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 we all want to be the person you know and and that's hard and i I understand donald i mean he's dumping a lot of his own money in and he wants his players i'd say the same thing you know and and what's going to end up happening is who's going to outlast who right at at the end of the day and you know um I mean, everybody wants to see the sport grow, but I don't think all these fractures are going to help. 
personally. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to open the door. The, you know, that other tour is going to open the door for some lower ranked players to make some good money. I mean, when, when I was playing and uh, the first year I, I never got to play in the Laguna open because they just, I, I, didn't, I wasn't playing at the time. And the first year that they have it after they got rid of all their alcohol sponsors there, um, we weren't allowed to play in it, the, the top players. And so these other guys, and there was good money in it. And these other guys made like 25 grand. Whoa. They're, they're like, they're like, <laughs> the, they were like the, they were like the 50th ranked players in the, you know, the tour. So I, I, good for them. Right. But oh. I was kind of bummed. I didn't get to play, but I understand why, you know, we have a tour that we've, we've signed a contract with and, you know, they're going to, you know, back in those days, of course, the money was a lot different than it is now, right. but it's just, just different times. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, it's a funny comparison that a non AVP tour event, you can win 25 grand, but Trevor Crabb and John Mayer just won a three-star FIVB and split 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> times have changed they have and uh you know i was very fortunate to win a couple of tournaments where the payout was 100 grand and those Jeez. are i'm not i'm not gonna lie those are nice and that's back when back in the day when you could get a you probably get a house on the strand for 500 grand uh probably <laughs> i was wondering why you guys just don't have like a whole line of houses down there <laughs> like, well first of all i'm not gonna have like three of them well, I'm sure Karch, Karch's house is right across from the beach, so I think he's doing okay. just fine. Yeah, they're, they're doing all right. <laughs> I just pictured you guys just like, I don't know, buying up those houses and just like owning the courts in front and just posting Yeah, up. I don't think I can live up in South Bay. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. <laughs> kind of like Hawaii, I mean. I'm looking to get back to Hawaii. Myself. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I love Hawaii. I've only been there a few times, and uh you know, it's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. You know, I mean, you know, we've got some beach over here, but I don't even consider it beach in Texas, you know, along the coast there. You know, yeah. like, Oh, it's, it's awesome. I go, you can't even see your feet in the water, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so it's just, it's a different, you know, it's a different thinking. I mean, Laguna is very beautiful. I, I look at the, the LA beaches, you know, Hermosa, Manhattan, those aren't beautiful beaches. I mean, you know what beautiful beaches are in Hawaii and, those are just like a you know it's water with a strip of sand you know they're nice don't get me wrong but it's just different i guess where it depends where you grew up yeah that makes sense i did live in manhattan beach for five years when i was a little kid so i used to train at uh, sand dune park so nice yep some guys are still going there uh if i trust me if i had that thing around i'd be doing that all day yeah it's perfect Ooh. And I know that uh, we've kept you here for a while, and I know that I think you probably have uh, places to be, coaching to do. Um, so I want to make sure that I mean, we ask uh, our final question that we ask every guest on the podcast is... Oh, my that, God. Here it goes. Well, that, this is actually <laughs> fairly relevant for you, too, in, in that, you know, if, if you could give advice... Yes, I any, would play with Try in a heartbeat. I'd bring me out of... Bring partner. Me out of retirement. Let's go. He's been looking for a partner. <laughs> give me hey at my age give me it used to be four months you gotta give me six months now though <laughs> I, I gotta give you six months and find you a sand dune exactly <laughs> well, i'd go out to i'd go out to california and start working out there but yeah <laughs> um but if you had to give advice to any up-and-coming beach volleyball player what would that piece of advice be Ooh, what would I say? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, love love what you do. Um, I would definitely, and this is just me, play both indoor and outdoor because uh, I think they complement each other very well. Um, I keep telling people that uh, if you look at the players who have won, you know, a handful of tournaments or more you know on the tour all played indoors as well and some of the some of the guys that haven't played indoors that just played really beach they haven't won as many if that makes sense because um, there's a lot of kids right now that you know at age 13 okay i'm just gonna play beach 
and I'm not saying that you can't be good at beach and, you know, dominate. I just think that from a skill wise, I think, you know, playing both indoor and outdoor is going to help, you know, both the games in general. So, uh, that's, that's one thing that I would say. Um, but I'd say also say play some other sports. I mean, you know, I was very fortunate growing up that I played four different sports a year and I, I was blessed with some athleticism. Um, but to be able to play soccer all my life or well for the first, you know, 16 years or whatever, um, you know, to be able to play tennis, to be able to play football, baseball, you know, all those kind of things, I think help your all around skill, eye hand coordination, foot coordination. Um, nowadays you hear all these things cause I'm in the business, you know, these indoor kids, they start, they start at least for the girls, they start playing, you know, age nine, 10, and they, they play indoor volleyball year round until they're done. Whenever that is. And I would be bored out of my mind. <laughs> we should get the statistic on that, on how many winners of uh, tournaments have played indoor and how many haven't. I, I would say, I, I, I'm going to tell you that there's a ton. I mean, if you think about the, the most winning ones right now, I mean, you got Karch, of course, you got Kent, you've got Randy and Sinjin, um, you've got uh, Dodd, you've got um, Kent. Uh, Kent Steffes, yeah. Um, you've got some of the older guys, Ron Von Hagen. Uh, you've got uh, who's the other Trojan? That's uh, uh, in, that, in that Lang, Ron Lang. Yeah. Uh, those guys all played indoors. You know, and those guys are the. I mean, that's they won all the most tournaments ever. Yeah, I bet. You know? I bet uh, Dollhouse would off the. the yeah, a little well, bit. there's always going to be that. There's always going to be outlier. Yeah, there's always going to be that one, you know, or two or three or whatever. But in general, um, there's not, you know, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, who Adam Jewell is by any chance? Yeah, I know his name. He, he didn't really play a whole lot of indoor, and you know, he was he wasn't as successful on the beach. Right. Phenomenal athlete, that guy. Whew, man. You know, right. he had some he had some he had some skills. Travis, looks like you got to go play a little bit of indoor, buddy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still limited to high school gym class in 2008. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would completely agree with you on on that, Adam. Just playing different sports because it, when I worked at the Washington Post a couple years ago, we did a, we kind of did sort of, a, sort of a research study on athletes and athletes who specialize way earlier and way younger the amount of injuries that they have it skyrockets oh, yeah. because you're just abusing the same muscles over and over exactly. and over again yeah. so the exactly the rate of acl tears in basketball has gone way up because you know, you're just abusing your knees 24 7 and same with i'm sure that volleyball and shoulder injuries the younger you specialize you know your shoulder's just going to fall off by the time you're 22 and you're back and you're back. a lot of that kind of stuff you know yeah so we appreciate you uh you coming on taking so much time to uh to chat with us here on the podcast and we'll be seeing you soon we'll be seeing you in austin yeah i'll I'll be out there you know i'll be out there every day i do do have i do have some practices i have to attend but um i'll be out there for at least during the day you and try might have to get your first team practice in yeah try try (laughs) let me seriously try let me know if you uh come out if you want to do some barbecue i'll take you to the kind kind Oh, let's go. Perfect. <laughs> Might have just sold me. Okay, well, you've got my number. I got right? you, yep. For okay, sure. So. <laughs> All right. All right, Adam. We'll have a great rest of the day. We'll be seeing you in a couple days. All right, take care. Good luck. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right.